In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Jesus Christ is the Lord of all, ruler of the nations. The Lord alone rightly commands our highest allegiance, our final loyalty, our deepest love. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. If this is true, if this is the first and great commandment, then what place does the love of country have for the Christian? At its most pure, love of country is a natural love for a homeland, a love for a place, and for a way of life. And in this, it is a thoroughly concrete love, a love for the majesty of these purple mountains, those specific fields of amber grain, this wind-swept plain. To love America in this sense is to love this particular territory we call our earthly home, to love the shared cultures and traditions peculiar to the people of this land. Now, because America is as large and as diverse as it is, the particular things that we love when we love America will vary depending on the place and the subcultures that have shaped us. My love for America, for example, is deeply connected to the rolling hills of Somerset County, Pennsylvania, to the land my family farmed for generations there. Your love for America, in this sense, will have a different shape than mine. Yours may include more flatlands and football than mine, for example. Yet for all this, it is still the same country we love. And all this is meat and right. C.S. Lewis points out that love of country as love of home can provide a sort of spiritual training. As learning to love my family is the first step beyond childish egocentrism, so learning to love my country is, Lewis says, the first step beyond family selfishness. In this way, he says, love of country trains the spiritual muscles which grace may later put to higher service. Loving my country trains me to recognize that the common good extends beyond the concerns of my own family, my own immediate community, to include the concerns of other families, and other communities, which may sometimes, in fact, conflict with my own. That the fellow citizens of my country, past and present, include both the just and the unjust alike. That loving this nation may help me to love not just those who love me. Moreover, loving my country, which I have seen, can stretch my desires, can lead, contribute to, 
me being made more capable of loving my heavenly country. Indeed, grace teaches us that we are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, that we still seek a homeland. Grace teaches us to desire a better country, that is, an heavenly one, as the epistle to the Hebrews puts it. For we have here no continuing city, but we seek one to come. And yet, it is nowhere other than in this city, this country, this homeland, that grace prepares us for our eternal home. Let me put it in terms of the scriptures appointed for today. In the text from Deuteronomy, the Lord calls the nation of Israel to love the stranger in their midst. And in the text from St. Matthew, Jesus extends this in the command that his disciples love even their enemies. Both texts set forth the justice of God as the standard for earthly justice, the standard by which all nations shall be judged. The people of God are to reflect the character of God in their life together. So in Deuteronomy, the Lord himself is held out as the standard of justice, the Lord who regardeth not persons, nor taketh reward, but judges righteously, executing justice for the most vulnerable members of society, the fatherless, the widow, and the stranger, those paradigmatic figures. As the Lord is, so Israel is called to be. And as if this were not sufficient reason, what is more, the people of Israel have a more immediate reason to care for the stranger. Namely, they themselves were once strangers in the land of Egypt. The people of Israel therefore know what it is to be a stranger in a strange land. They know what it is to be denied justice. They know what it is to be oppressed. And so they have a special interest in dealing justly with strangers by providing for their material needs, by rendering justice to the vulnerable in their midst. As they would have had it done for them in Egypt, so they ought to do to the strangers, to the vulnerable in their midst. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers in the land of Egypt. Now as Christians living in America, this passage I think ought to be especially resonant. For America is as it were, a nation of strangers, a nation built by immigrants and exiles and also the enslaved. There is a sense, then, in which all of us were once strangers in a strange land, or at least a land made strange by strangers. As Christians living in such a country, we should feel the force of the biblical text. Love ye therefore the stranger, for ye were strangers yourselves. It is a call to the church, to us, to imitate our Lord in loving the stranger, in dealing justly with the vulnerable, with the least of these, the hungry, the thirsty, the migrant, the sick, the imprisoned, the fatherless and the widow, the unborn and the unproductive, the huddled masses 
yearning to breathe free. And in so doing, bear witness to the justice of the Lord our God. Also, to stand as witness to the standard of justice to which the highest ideals of our nation gesture. Our nation was, as President Lincoln said, conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. Now, it should go without saying that America has only imperfectly embodied this commitment, that it has, from time to time, failed to live to its highest ideals, to say nothing of God's law. But this need not diminish in us a proper love for our country. On the contrary, as one of the ancients wisely said, no one loves his country because it is great, but because it is his. Think about it. To love your country only because you think it great is not to love your country at all. Just as it is not love for a father to say to a child, I love you because you are so well behaved. <laughs> the father may weep for the sins of his children, but he does not love them the less. Just so, love of country may also find expression in lament, as when our Lord himself wept over the fate of Jerusalem. In a similar vein, we ought not to confuse love of country with the conviction that our country is better than all others. See what I mean? Here's a story from C.S. Lewis, who, of course, is from another country than our own. Once, as an old, once to an old clergyman who was voicing the sort of patriotism that declares its own nation markedly superior to others, Lewis objected, But sir, aren't we told that every people thinks its men the bravest and its own women the fairest in the world? To this, Lewis says, he, the old clergyman, replied with total gravity. He could not have been graver if he had been saying the creed at the altar. Yes, but in England, it's true. <laughs> to be sure, Lewis says, this conviction had not made my friend, God rest his soul, a villain, only an extremely lovable old ass. It can, however, produce asses that kick and bite. G.K. Chesterton once said that we admire things with reasons, but love them without reasons. We love things without reasons. You need no other reason to love America than that it is your earthly home. No one loves his country because it is great, but because it is his. Loving our earthly country exercises the spiritual muscles which grace may use to teach us to love our heavenly country. We are strangers and pilgrims on the earth, still seeking a homeland, still learning to desire a better country that is in heavenly and the highest ideals of America, our country, this nation, dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. They gesture beyond the horizon of history, 
gesture toward that better country, our heavenly homeland, where the best dreams of our nation, or the best dreams of every nation for that matter, will find their complete fulfillment and surprising transformation in the kingdom of God. Where perhaps it is not too much to say that the unique gifts of every nation will be made manifest. Where America will be most truly itself. In the new heaven and the new earth. In new Jerusalem. Into which the kings of the earth will bring their glory and honor. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations. Until that day, let us love America, this country of our pilgrimage, by committing ourselves to its health and justice, by being a Christian community that loves the Lord our God above all else, and our neighbors, especially the vulnerable, and even our enemies as ourselves. Let us give thanks to God for this place, for these United States of America, and for the liberties we have been vouchsafed as citizens of this good land. And let us pray for the grace to maintain our liberties in righteousness and peace. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.